there again, Kendall County, John Tipton and Robert Sines here with you with uh, from the Texas Examiner, bringing to you today another fine interview with two very, very uh, important personnel, people in our county and in our community. We have with us from uh, Precinct 4, Commissioner uh, Chad Carpenter. Thank Sir, you, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. And then from the city of Bernie, we have Mr. Ty Wollison. Uh, who is a, uh, a city councilman, and I, forgive me, District I don't know one your dis District 1. District, District one, yeah. 1. So we have uh, a unique opportunity today uh, to sit in and learn from two of our elected officials, one from the city, one from the county. And before we go further, Robert, I think it's important that we remind our, our viewers and our listeners that one of the reasons that the Texas Examiner exists is to bring together individuals with opposing thoughts and beliefs in one particular topic or the other, and we're able to sit down and have actual amicable, discourse, amicable conversations. We can even disagree. And disagree. Without writing ugly things about each other on social on media. Social media. <laughs> right, right. So that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on, folks. So we're extremely proud that we have these two individuals here because this is a sensitive topic, or we may broach a couple of sensitive topics uh, during our discussion today. And we just wanted to remind everybody that at the end of the day, I think we're going to find out there's probably not a right answer for some of the questions we're going to ask today and that it's going to be incumbent upon you, the viewers, listeners, citizens, and constituents of mm -hmm. Kendall County. Okay. Maybe to rethink a little bit your processes and what makes sense so that we can all come together with an acceptable solution that satisfies everybody's requirements. Right. At the end of this, uh, you'll be better informed. And you'll also have uh, two uh, wonderful contacts in the city and the county to reach out to. Uh, they're your representatives. And so uh, use, use them, use their office as a resource if you want to get uh, something across. And also they're a great resource to answer your questions if you're not sure of something. Don't rely on uh, your neighbor or social media. These gentlemen are the guys that are on the ground actually working on the, um, the subject matters, the issues that are affecting the county and the city. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Robert? So with that, yes, well, I'd like to first start by, let's get to know these, these young men. Um, uh, Chad Carpenter, County Commissioner, Kendall County. Yes, sir. Chad, tell us who Chad is and how you got here. Okay, I grew up in a military family, graduated from Big Spring High School in West Texas. Um, Dad was a uh, retired colonel, 30 years military. Married a Comfort native. Um, her family is actually one of the founding families of Kendall County. And we moved here about 24 years ago, built an office for my wife to start practicing in. I was still finishing school and um, been practicing in Comfort for 24 years and in Bernie for 22 years. And I'm a chiropractor. We have three boys, um, Rhett, 20, Chance, 16, and Gunner is 14. We, in, we are in the Comfort School District. We're right there across the Bernie ISD, Comfort ISD. Um, and your wife's a doctor school. as well? Yes, sir. Oh, fantastic. Yes, sir. How does that work? Two doctors at... We work in different offices. I've always heard if you get two doctors together, you get three different opinions. Is that true? Pretty much, okay. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, and, and you're, you're bride, of course, for, for serving the community in the way you do as well, because you thank also you. help them. And uh, healthcare is important in our community. So thank you. Yes, sir. Thank um, you. Uh, Ty, Ty Willison, uh, tell us about you. You're an entrepreneur as well. And... Uh, and also a uh, elected official. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. First, I married into Bernie. My uh, in-laws have been in the community about 30 years. 
Um, we moved here when my oldest daughter was born. So we've been here about 10 and a half years. Uh, soon after moving here, my in-laws approached me about opening up a brewery business. My background is in brewery production. And so we opened Cibolo Creek Brewing on Main Street in Bernie. My brother-in-law is my other business partner, as well as my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Um, about a year ago, we opened another establishment called Hamby's across the street from Cibolo Creek. I also have a um, meat distribution business that I started about 20 years ago. We source local proteins from Texas Hill Country and distribute those to Austin and San Antonio, as well as Bernie restaurants. Um, I also have a, so Clementine's my oldest daughter. She's going to be 10 in April, and then Rosalind will be seven in March. Wow. And both of them are at Currington. Um, Bernie ISD. Go Cougars. Go Cougars. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my oldest had John's uh, wife as a kindergarten teacher uh, during the COVID year. So it yes. was an interesting year. Mm -hmm. um, got into city council. Somehow it's been five and a half years ago, which is amazing how time Blur. flies. It but, has gone by fast. Um, and Anzalito, Joe Anzalito had to relinquish his position because he moved out of District 1. Mm. And I had some people approach me about my interest. I thought that I fit a demographic that was unique for city council. It was younger, um, mm. younger family, small business, Main Street. We live kind of central Bernie. Generally speaking, because city council's um, only $150 a month, you don't see a lot of people that are young and working go into that position because right. it's essentially free. That's right. 150 yes. bucks a month, and we have to pay taxes on that because oh, it's right. like a contractor. So, wow. Um, that I thought it was an opportunity, put my hat into the ring. It was myself and three others. And when you're in a point pointee, it's essentially like an interview. You go into an executive session, interviewed by the existing council mayor, and then they vote. They chose me, which I of course appreciate. And that started my journey. Um, you know, five years later, I'm still learning things. Um, so you got reelected? I did. I ran on? unopposed twice. Oh, so okay. I did get reelected. And the two year terms. Yes, sir. Two year terms for the city. Um, I loved learning. I mean, that's, I'm kind of a sucker for that. So, um, you know, things we've talked about now, I'm still learning about sure. as things adapt and we hear from community, we make changes from that. And yeah, I just, I, that's my favorite part about this whole thing has been learning, listening, adapting, and then planning yes. for the future. And, um, so that can be hard to do because we can look short-term, but we also have to think, where do we want this right. community to be down the road? Right. You know, John, that's a good point because. I moved here to Bergheim 22 years ago, and uh, there was a flashing light there at the mm -hmm. intersection of 3351 and 46, and, and now there's a lines and lines of cars getting to go into the middle school and in the morning, and it's, it's just changed a lot, and it happened so fast. I didn't even notice when it happened. Oh, it reminds me. I, I haven't even shown you yet, but I came out with a, the drone to take some footage yes. for some of the projects that we're working on. And it literally looks like going east and west, I mean, miles of cars. Mm, right. All the way. And it's like at three o'clock in the afternoon, all the moms waiting to go pick up their kids. Big challenge. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so I, I'd like to, one of the hot topics that or terms that I hear a lot, and in fact, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this, a couple of years ago, uh, I, I was uh, getting more actively involved in politics, and somebody mentioned uh, ETJ, interlocal agreement, and uh, you know, like when you're the guy that doesn't want to ask what you know what the acronym right. means, you're just kind of going along. Oh, I know what that is. And <laughs> try to go along, and uh, it, it. I'm still learning what it is, and so what I wanted by inviting you two gentlemen on the show today is is to let's start with the fundamentals. Uh, if you could, who would like to take the interlocal agreement to dis dis describe that? 
Either way. Yeah, okay. Has anyone ever told you you look like Paul Rudd? Yes, sir. No. Okay. <laughs> yes. And, and, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Sorry. my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Here went the door. <laughs> okay, squirrel. But, but in, all, in all fairness, uh, Chad, um, you look like Ryan Seacrest. Well, I wish I had his pocketbook <laughs> checking right. account. Right? Yeah. yeah, we got some stars here, right? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, why don't we start with you, Ty? Sure. Explain to the to the viewers what an interlocal agreement is. Yeah, so um, briefly, interlocal agreement is an agreement between the city and county okay. that is, generally speaking, around the extraterrestrial ETJ area, but it also connects to fire, uh, ambulance, ambulance, emergency stuff. So it's more complicated than just ETJ stuff. Okay. But Short term, that's what it is. So, so, Ty, let's talk about mobility. Uh, we, I've heard or I've seen plans, studies that show uh, future lines across, you know, parts of the of the county, and some, of course, are going through some people's lands. And uh, I'd freak out if I saw a, a proposal coming through my land. You know, even if it's twenty, thirty years from now. Um, First thing I'm thinking is they're going to, what is it, eminent domain or what's going to happen? So how do you address that to these people that have concerns that own the land now? Sure. So great question. First, there's no gateway loop. There's no city, county, no one I know of that's an elected official wants a loop. Okay. That's the first thing to know. There's not not a loop. No one's supporting that. Um, second, um, and I mentioned this er earlier, the thoroughfare plan, first one was adopted in 1974. Since then, only one line that was on the map has been publicly funded, Herf Road. Okay. 14 other projects have been privately uh, funded because land was developed and there was a line on there. So the thoroughfare map has been around since 74 and that's what's happened. The latest update to that, that we did, that was controversial, a lot of people came to the meeting, including the commissioner, um, that really was just refining some of the lines and changing it based on development. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you put those maps all together, the lines haven't changed much. Gotcha. The purpose of that is so we're, again, as I mentioned at the very beginning, we have to be thinking in the future. Right. It's, it's planning. We put lines on the map so that if a property develops, and to be fair, with the constituents showing up, we did define what development was better, and that was. I'm glad people brought that up. People got involved. They got involved, and we made an amendment to make sure that the person just wanting to do the barn, etc., wasn't going to have to give up an easement to the city. Okay, that made sense. Right. But if you have, a, I don't know, hundred acre property or a ten acre property, and that ten acre property goes from one house to they want to develop that into ten houses, well, now there's a change in. Um, use for that property that is going to impact the community. Mm -hmm. So we have a line on a map. So then that person that's wanting to develop that's going to have to, depending on the size of the project, give up an easement so that at some point in the future, there might be a road or a trail. Or if it's a really large project, well, there'll probably be a pretty decent sized road or sidewalk. Okay. So we're, by planning, we're putting future mobility plans on the developer instead of the taxpayers in the future. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. And, and here's what I'm, what I'm finding as we're going over this. We're beginning to see how very difficult this is for an elected body to, to sit and work together. And, and please everyone. And please everyone. Because yeah. I got to be honest, I'm sitting here going both 
make sense to me. Well, yeah, like for right now, when, when, when Ty explained it, if, if I have my 100 acres and I see that they're putting a line through there that maybe is going to happen 20, right. 30 years from now, well, I probably won't be around 20, 30 years from now, and my kids may want to, you know, do something with it. They may want to sell it, and they'll understand that if they do, there's, there's some... There's an implication. There's right? an implication. Right. Or keep it, and, and maybe... Uh, you, you know, they don't they don't take the land from you, or they go somewhere else. They don't. And so, the th- is, is there a possibility of eminent domain? There's not. So, the thoroughfare plan is not a tool that TxDOT uses. Okay, and that's it's te- just a plan. That just you a guys- plan. TxDOT goes out and builds roads. Okay. Our city does not have the budget. So, right. if we did want to go out and build a road, honestly, it would be the county going out to voters and asking for a bond. Not that not, I realize you're not going to do that, right. uh, but. That's, That's how it, it works. It's going to be publicly funded because neither one of us have a budget to do roads. I mean, just for us to redo Adler to add a turning lane and sidewalks is a $36 million project. Sure. That's, I mean, we don't have the budget for that, so we went to voters to see if that's a project they wanted to do. Right. Um, thoroughfare plan, and people get confused because we've been down gateway studies, and they're like, oh, they're doing it again. Again, it's been sure. a plan that's been there since 74. I gave the facts on that. It's not a go out and build roads. It's a tool used for when property develops that we can build a mobility plan that will help the future of our community. Hmm. Do you agree, Chad? Well, so I understand the idea of planning. You have to plan. But I also understand the idea that when you're developing, you don't have the roads. So really the development is limited to water. Like if they're not going to be able to get water and you're not giving them water, you wouldn't have George's Ranch. I, I mean, San Jose water, John Mark Madkin, um, Texas water, whatever, you wanna, whatever water source you want to say, they don't have the water for that development. We already have a mobility plan that was, that's never happened, for instance, yet we're allowing growth to happen. And I think the city of Bernie continues to give water to, great, to, to places that really would have been a lot less dense population, a lot less dense homes, a lot less cars on our roads. And it is a water issue. And right. so I think that, that as long as y'all are, are trying to grow the city, and I don't know what the purpose is besides, there's two things. Government likes to grow their tax base. Mm-hmm. Most governments looking for a, a, you know another store, another Home Depot or Walmart so they can tap into that, that tax revenue for their, their use. Um, which usually means the government's just trying to grow bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you keep giving water, you're not slowing down any any development. At least the county, we have 10-acre minimums. Mm-hmm. Right I was going to say, you all well. raise it from 6 to 10 acres, right, to have a yes. well? That's a good way to... It's a good way. It's also, you know, from a property rights standpoint, I also have mixed feelings on some of that because, you know... It's taken You want to away. put a hole in the ground, you want to put a hole in the ground. You want to, yeah. And so, but Cow Creek really rules on that, mm-hmm. on whether they can get a, a well permit. But like Georgia's Ranch, you know, you wouldn't have 800 homes coming out here outside the ETJ. It's not even in your CCN district. Like, you don't even have the, the, I don't know that you have the legal right. And I, I do think from a county perspective, I want to see documentation and paperwork and proof that GBRA is able to continue providing water. Canyon Lake is going to be able to continue providing water. Okay. And again, it goes back to mobility. We don't have the roads right now to handle this growth, yet we continue doing contracts. Why is the area around Geneva School flooding? Well, look at the new housing development out there. Okay. Where did they get their sewer and their water? 
at least it would have been one acre tracks if it would have been up to the county. So there's definitely better, better development rules as far as keeping things to less dense if the county's the one um, over that development. Uh, Ty, what, what is your take on that? So a few, th few things. I'll go backwards just based on. So um, flooding at Geneva, that development out there before my time, I think most of the rules we now have in place would change that from happening. Again, I don't think there was some good planning happening back then. I think with the adaptation of our drainage rate protection zones and LID, that development looks different. George's Ranch, um, the city received a letter from what was Kindle West back then, now it's called Texas Water, very aggressive private water company that said, we are going to do the water for a project that is George's Ranch. One part of that development was within our first right of refusal. We, made, we, as a council, made a decision that we didn't want the development, but did we think if we gave them the water and did a utility agreement that looked a lot like a development agreement, it's not a development agreement because it's not within the city or the ETJ, but if we did a utility agreement, could we get that project to follow city rules? Well, they agreed to it. So a lot of the rules that they are having to follow, they're having to because they're getting water via the city via GBRA Canyon Lake. I've got to ask you, excuse me, an interruption, Ty, but while you're doing this, did you all involve the county in this So when you're um, having these talks? So some of this was executive session. Okay. So when some of these private utility things happen, you yeah. can't because it's the city-owned utility. Gotcha. Um, I think there probably should be more invo involvement. Absolutely. Would that have changed our opinion? I don't know because, again, you give a private utility the ability to do that, there's that likely would have been even more houses because they wouldn't have had drainage way protection zones. Okay. The county's rules for development, if they have are less strict. if they have water, are less strict. They have some rules. It's true that they have the ten acre thing, but I would also say if you had a hundred acres and that got developed into ten ten houses, right? Those mm -hmm. ten that's where yes. the rules are, that would mean ten straws into the aquifer. Well is that gonna have an impact on the neighbors it's a question to ask, more of a philosophical, is that, it, it, you know, we're all worried about water 100%. I guarantee you that's one of my top priorities is making sure that um, conservation, we, we formed a water committee. They come in, came out with a great report on conservation. Texas water will find water. It'll be expensive water, but a private, there is water coming from other sources. It's just really expensive. Canyon Lake, I think smartly for all of us should be something we're following because right at 60 percent if we don't get the our normal spring rain and go into another dry summer where do we end up what happens when gbra says we're cutting water off mm -hmm. no one's not thinking about that but i i do think that just um having the assumption that allowing 10 straws in the ground has less impact than three different water sources i think right there's a philosophical of well do, do are those 10 hoses in the ground impacting the neighbors more or less than if it was coming from surface water. How many cars does 10, eight, 10 homes create compared to... I think fundamentally, though... 200. To, Absolutely, to and point. that's why it's important to have a mobility plan so that way we can put mobility projects on the back of developers so that we have smart development when these properties form or when our state legislatures create water control districts. Looking at everything that you just said, I, all I, I can't get past where you said that 
the city, the council came together and basically decided, well, what if we offer this utility agreement? So without that util utility agreement, it would have been the county's decision on how to do this. They would have been getting water from Texas Water. But, but the city in, in, injected itself into the project. You're, you're correct. To get busy. That's kind of where I start sure, and feeling I, I get real that. uncomfortable. And it, That's I just would, me. And I would recommend looking at what we got from the development to what they wouldn't have. And I believe that's been sent out. I can get it to you guys if you want. But that's, that's ultimately, it's the lesser of two. Same thing with WCID3. Should we offer them sewage treatment and get things from them? Or do we just let them build a treatment plant? It's the questions, right? I, and some I, people, hear, I, I get it. Some I'm still people, fundamentally just don't understand why the city interjected itself. That, that's fair. So you, you have, like SAW, San Antonio Water System, they're not legally allowed to come across the county line. Correct. But they did, Lily Ranch. Yep. Like, at what point do we say, get out of our county, like stop? Mm -hmm. You're creating growth that would have been different if the county rules would have been applicable to that same property. You know, that, that development, I don't know how many homes is going up in Lily Ranch. Um, well, just WCID 3A, I don't know. But then 3 will likely yeah. happen at some point, too. And so that's the deal. Yeah, there's straws in the ground. I get it. Um, people's wells are going dry. We have an issue. Yes. I, I do, I, um, just back to your point. Right. It's not an easy decision to make. Sure. So it's not like we went in and like, oh, let's just do this. It's We had to look at, well, where are we? We... One thing, if the county could go and get stricter rules, we would be there backing them up any day. In fact, we passed a resolution to support the bill that didn't go anywhere from uh, Truxler. We want, if they have the ability to do it, we're going to support them. If they have the means to do it, we support them. But when we looked at it between two things, we saw a lesser of two was that one, they're going to have to follow more things, and then the city is going to dictate what sort of development might happen instead of a private utility. And again, we can disagree on that, but mm -hmm. when a development comes forward now, and the Texas Water doesn't have purple pipe, they don't have ability to do recycled mm -hmm. water. If you mm -hmm. wanna do a project in Bernie at that size going forward, that's gonna be a requirement. And developers right now are saying no and afraid to do projects, large projects in the ETJ because of the city's restrictions. Yeah, I, I, again, that makes sense. I, I completely understand that, but fundamentally, I would argue that a large portion of people that are in Kendall County, at least in the rural precincts, largely four and three, would their argument is, well, I don't want more government. That's why I'm out here. And uh, and, and this may be a, a, a elementary question, or pardon my ignorance, but when you're in executive session in the city and you're in executive session in the county, it, it, you can't have a county official or city official together in these executive sessions? You can't. You, you could. We could have a meeting, let's say, uh, myself, the mayor, um, Chad, mm -hmm. the judge. Right. Um, you can't discuss executive yes. things. Yeah. And I say that just so the audience understands that uh, government makes it difficult for these right. these guys to work together. Uh, you know, it, it's almost made uh, to where they, they can't work together, made it difficult. It's a sausage maker. Yes. And, and I, I wanted to touch on something that Ty mentioned. He mentioned the bill that uh, uh, Representative Troxclair uh, pass it went nowhere. That's been a hot issue here lately on our social media. Yes. What What do you know about that? You know, I'm not real up to speed on that. Uh, uh, can you share some on that, uh, Chad? Was that one? 
What I heard was that the, the county helped write a bill to give the county more authority, is that correct? The county's been trying to write bills for a while to give more authority, and that's a very um, touchy subject depending on who you talk to. I think they're also, a.k.a. Death Star Bill. Right. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and it went nowhere. And, so, uh, yeah. Death Star Bill passed. Okay. Um, that's... Um, so that's not what you're talking about. No, separate. Okay. Yeah. yeah El, um, LM came up with a bill that was specifically focused on high growth communities in the Hill Country that okay. would give the county some abilities to help control that. Right. Didn't even get out of committee. I, honestly, that's not a surprise. A freshman representative trying to get that sort of bill through. And I don't think she even wrote it. I think we wrote it for her. Correct. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what. That's, that's I, got the yeah. clarification. I don't, I, um, prior to her, Biederman did lots of good work, but he also didn't get any of those sort of bills through. Again. Gotcha. Legislature's not run by that, not yet. I, you know, I certainly support people to keep pressure on, but sure. there's development lobbyists, and I will say concerns about there's reasons the ETJ is being taken away. I think there's certainly a uh, libertarian aspect of like we want to be able to do what we want, but mm -hmm. there's also if you go back to the biggest supporters of those bills being supported by real estate developers because that development that you don't want because it's a rural community is was going to happen anyway. Sure, sure. It was going to happen. Appreciate mm -hmm. that. So, 100%. Again, might as well manage I, that. I love the rural community too. I have in-laws that live in the ETJ or just outside the ETJ. I have my backgrounds from, you know, my family had a ranch outside of Comanche, like I, the rural life. And that's, and that's a, that's a good point that, uh, you know, I tell a lot of my friends cause I came out here 20 some years ago to get away from everybody. And now everybody's coming over here. And, uh, uh, I don't like it, but I do like the conveniences that they bring, you know, yep. aero gas station, Absolutely. pizza, all that stuff. Uh, so, so how, I guess, I guess what I want our, our viewers to understand is that growth is coming, you know, Ty Willis and Chad Carpenter can't stop that. Uh, they're not, they don't have that kind of authority to close the gates. Uh, but the, what they do have is an authority to, to make it, uh, to manage that growth to, right. through, through rules, regulations, but they can't do it alone. And they need your help uh, to tell them what you want, you know. And I, I'm one of the ones that send mixed signals. You know, when I was here, I would tell my commissioner Chapman that I, I want more businesses here, yeah. <laughs> but but at the same time I want them to leave at five o'clock because I want to have my country living afterwards. That's not reality. Uh, and and more and more people uh, want to move here. Uh, Twenty years ago when I moved here, everybody thought I was crazy. I was out in the boonies. Now all my relatives and friends are looking for land out here. It, so. Um, I think you need to get involved, uh, and by getting involved, I'm not saying uh, get on social media and say, I've been here for 20 years, I've no, been here 100 no, years. No sniping? <laughs> no, no sniping. Okay. And, and talking about how you don't want anybody moving in here. Well, if you don't, then call Commissioner Carpenter, call your city councilman, uh, and maybe get involved in how that growth is going to be managed. Well, I think that's one of the things I think folks forget, mm -hmm. is that if it this is how I was raised. This is how, you know, I did it in the military. Don't come to me with a problem unless you've got a solution right. to go with it. So, folks, it's incumbent, incumbent upon you as well. Uh, leave us some comments. Tell us what you think the solution is because it's very evident with our discussion today that we're not solving anything at this at this table or, or this discussion. But it's been very open. It's been, been very amicable, very friendly. And now we hope that our viewers can see how detailed this can get but you and I both know that on the flip side three or four people on either side of the fence can make it seem like it's a much bigger issue than it really is yes and and I see that I I, I get frustrated with 
uh, people that go to city council or county commissioners, first of all, kudos to them for going there, but it, it's always the same group and the same group, and, and they're the ones that are going to get heard. Right. And so uh, Ty, Ty and Chad aren't going through your social media to see what you want. You know, they, they've got emails, they've got offices. Uh, you that's need, a great you need point. to let them know. And, and if you can't go to city council or county commissioner's court, okay, that's fine. Uh, write them an email. You know, they're there to hear what you want. And I, I speak from experience. Having worked for a congressman is often the congressman would come to me and say, well, what do the people want? Well, did you get a poll? Did you get an email? And right. Yeah, the, the majority want this. Okay. And he's he had to vote with what the loudest were saying. And we don't want the loudest to be a group of four or five people. We want it to be a group of four or 5,000 people or more. Right, right. And I'll say, even though there's differences, mm -hmm. I mean, Chad wants what's best for the community. Right. I want what's best for the community. So we share that. Correct. So there, there is a goal towards something. Sure. I mean, giving up something to make, go for a good goal that's good for the community isn't giving up something. That's, again, being, that's good policy. And at this level, there is direct representation. As you move up that ladder, state and federal, good luck. Right. So, Congressman is not going to be this, that this easy This is to where you should be connected. Well, and that's exactly what we've been saying from the beginning. The county and the city is where it starts. Yeah, I mean, we I need to be pushing it up instead of it being pushed down on us. I have Chip Roy's cell phone, but he won't answer it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and his staff will, will, you know, won't, won't respond. But the Chad will and Ty will because it's hard for them to hide. And, and they're, they're right here. So use them, ladies and gentlemen. Tell them what you want, what you don't want. But also come to them with a plan. You know, that's important. Let them know what you think should be done, too. Because they're not making these decisions on their own. They're making decisions based on what they're hearing. Right. And ultimately, we, we do need to come together more often. I don't know how the most effective way that is to actually do a strategic plan involving both. I don't know how that would work. I don't know if it would end up as a just a big argument with... You that's know. okay. And that's okay. <laughs> and yeah. appointing committees. It seems like we're appointing committees all the time. But it, yeah. I think as a constituent, if there was a, a town hall where commissioners and councilmen got together, and that's the topic, and you give people two minutes to air their grievances, everybody hears it at the same time, put a committee together with, you know, representative, much like we do with the Prop A, mm -hmm. right? Have some representation in there and see if collaboratively because there's a lot guys I, I'm not very bright I like to surround myself with people that that are much smarter than me like these two guys yeah <laughs> um, and I think that approaching it in that manner that hey there's probably some really smart people out here in the community that social anxiety for whatever reason they're not really coming forward last night was an example we went to a uh, a uh, debate between the, the commissioner county commissioner Bergman and her opponent and uh, there weren't a lot of people there. It was maybe 20, 20 people yeah. or so. But there was a whole lot of people watching our live stream, you know, and coming. And they were frustrated because our live stream couldn't, uh, couldn't get going. That's but it technology. makes an example. <laughs> it's an example of people want to be involved. They just sometimes don't want to be right then, there in front. Um, and, again, I've got to commend uh, these gentlemen yeah. for having the courage because i got to admit, i got to tell you guys in, in full transparency, uh, some of your uh, colleagues who, uh, were very reluctant to come on this show to talk right. about this. And and, um, and you guys didn't flinch, you know, and so, um, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that as, as officials, or elected officials, that you had the courage to come here and knowing that it probably wasn't going to be, uh, you know, a kumbaya session. So uh, thank you and, and I appreciate that. And that's a rare 
quality. It is. And I just want to add, folks, uh, for, for your, your knowledge and your edification, we really only got about two or three of the points that, that uh, we wanted to talk about. And for the interest of time, because they are busy and we're very fortunate that they could share their time with us. But I'd like to extend an open invitation, if it's okay with you, uh, to have them back. And let's finish this conversation, because I think, it, I think what we got accomplished here today was pretty amazing, mm -hmm. and that when the folks see this, they're going to start thinking, man, we are going to be able to work through this somehow. Instead of pitting these guys against each yeah, other, we absolutely. need to get them together to work closer. Yeah. And all our councilmen and, and commissioners, uh, do you have any parting uh, questions? Or I words? don't. I think I just said it. Uh, other than the obligatory folks, if you're watching this, right now is the time to leave a comment. Uh, down in the box below, hit the like and subscribe. Uh, sound like a broken record, and like every other you like influ those likes, don't influencer you? out there, <laughs> it drives. It does. We, it works it, with the it metrics. Is. We've, we've grown tremendously. I just want to give the, the our two guests a, a last opportunity to some parting words mm -hmm. to your constituents. Okay. Uh, what you'd like them to get out of this, or how you'd like them to reach you, uh, well, Chad? I think most of mine will be directed towards Ty and, and the city council. I would like for y'all to stop. Just stop the, the extra giving water out to any new developments, at least until we figure out the, the mobility plan. Let's sit down. Let's figure out how we're going to approach the traffic. If there's anything we can do with Herf Road or any existing roads and actually make those improvements. And, and I'll tell my constituents, I'm fighting for you. Um, I think that you're way better off in the ETJ and in the county under county rules. Um, I think less government's better than more government, and I think that it has to be for everything you pass that's that's good to stop something from coming, and that actually has a negative effect on you as a property rights person. And so I I think the county at this point is a better place to be when it comes to property rights. Thank you, uh, Commissioner uh, Chad Carpenter. Thank you, uh, Precinct. Four. Four. And uh, let's just hear uh, parting words from uh, City Councilman Ty Willison, District 1. Yeah, well, first, would you like to let your constituents? Well, thank you, Robert and John, for having me. I think what you're doing is great. Thank you, sir. I think it's important. I think uh, the more information we can get out to the community, the better. So I appreciate you having us. Thank you, Chad, for being willing to do this. Thank you. We don't do it enough. Um, it, one thing is the city county roles of governor are different is like you know, this is really a part very part-time thing for me not yes. that i'm not committed I mean, you make a whopping 150 dollars or something like that okay but, so chad 75 so oh. the commissioners tend to work with staff more right. and then we get it on the other end and that can be hard it's like playing telephone right so i think it's important for us to be in these situations you know, the best i can right. he's still gonna have to work with staff because you know some there are experts on various things but it's still important to have the dialogue sure um you know constituents is would really for me be everyone um, county, ETJ, city. Um, I'm representing what I think is the best for our community based on what I hear. Um, I'm a firm supporter that if the county has the ability and the staffing to be able to handle what I think is coming to our community, we're here to support them. I think that um, we have in place some really good rules and regulations that are going to help keep our community um, in a good place and help it develop in a smart manner. Um, that being said, we do have to make sure that we're not going too far into um, people's personal private property rights issues. And I think we've done that with some, some of our adaptations. We've realized where it isn't quite fair. We've also done that within the city with our drainage way protection. We realized we were impacting, you know, a single family grandmother who was trying to sell our property and couldn't. Right. And we made some changes. So we listen, we make changes. Um, I look forward to seeing where our... Um, 
you know, our discussion with the county goes on the interlocal agreement and on mobility and, um, you know, here to work towards the best for our community. Well, thank you, Mr. Willis. And maybe yes, next sir. time, thank the you. next podcast will be at Hamby's or, <laughs> and we can all get together there. Uh, thank, thank you again, Dr. Carpenter. Thank uh, you. Mr. Willison, thank you again. Thank you, Mr. John Tipton for another same, good show. Same to you, Robert. And thank you to the viewers and listeners of the Texas Examiner. I'm Robert Sines, and this is my co-host, John Tipton. Look forward to seeing you again soon. See you all later.